Happy Easter. If you're visiting with us, my name is Andy, and I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone, and that is my privilege uh, to be that. And uh, so we are so glad that you're here with us today. We've got lots of fun available on the patio afterwards. There's lemonade, donuts, because every Sunday should have donuts. And these donuts are actually good for you. Krispy Kreme had a different category they gave us that was good for you. And so you don't have to feel bad. Nobody can say no to these donuts. We've got a little Easter bunny out there for photos, a photo wall. And there's a photo booth on the photo wall. And the funny thing about a photo booth, whether you're ready or not, all of a sudden you see on the screen, three, two, one. And for some that causes anxiety because you're like, I don't want to smile right now. This photo booth does not know how I'm doing. It would be much more realistic or helpful, I should say, if at first, before counting down, it would say, how are you doing? Did you get some good sleep last night? Did you have a chance to do your hair? Have you had any horrible experiences this week? Maybe you should get back in line and come back when you're ready. Listen, Three, two, one, smile. I, I have to do the fake laugh whenever I smile. <laughs> and that the only way it looks natural is when I fake laugh. Listen, today you're going to hear a lot of happy Easter, right? But you might not feel that way when you're taking photos. Every, every family's got that one person that refuses to smile, whether it's Easter or not, or tries to do the silliest smile out there. Let me, we just had photos a few months ago. Let me introduce to our silly person in our family, my six-year-old Titus. Hundreds of photos taken, and I think we had one that was probably Photoshopped that looked like a normal photo. But listen, whether, whether or not you feel like smiling or you want to be silly, that's how they feel in the moment, and so good for them. But today, as we say, Happy Easter, rejoice! You may not feel like rejoicing today, and that would be very normal based on the chaos in this world and the difficulty that we go through in life. But today we want to talk about how, as a Christ follower, we can rejoice no matter our difficult circumstances. In fact, it may surprise you to know that Easter Sunday did not start with rejoicing, but with weeping. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and his followers just were not expecting the resurrection, and so their hopes and expectations died with him. And Easter morning, one of his followers, Mary Magdalene, came in John chapter 20, verse 11, and this is what happened. It says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, She said, and I don't know where they have put him. She was a follower of Jesus, so she heard Jesus teach. She heard that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah Israel had waited thousands of years for, and that he was the the Son of God, the Savior of the world. But he died. So maybe all of that wasn't true. Maybe she shouldn't have hope. Maybe she shouldn't have joy. We don't judge Mary for how she's acting that morning. She was faithful enough to at least go to the tomb and and weep there. We don't judge her for that because it makes sense. It makes sense that she was feeling like this. In fact, Christianity doesn't make sense unless the resurrection actually happened. Everything hinges on the resurrection. And when we admit this in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, it says, and if Christ has not been raised... Our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. 
If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Let's think about how Mary was feeling that morning. If Jesus stayed dead, Christianity doesn't even make sense. We see six reasons from the passage I just read that Christianity isn't gonna work. If Jesus stayed dead first, there's no reason to even come to church. You get your Sundays back, right? There's no reason to come because it says in verse 14, preaching is useless because a passionate word, a passionate encouragement isn't what helps you. I could stand up here as a preacher and say, just do better. You've been doing bad this week. Do better. And you, you can leave here and it's not going to help. If I don't give you the ability and the power to do better, then, then what I'm doing is, is useless. If Jesus stayed dead, then our faith is just a nice but useless thought. Nice thoughts don't transform our lives. Let's just do a little thought experiment right now. Everyone close your eyes. Do it. I'm watching. Close your eyes. And just think this with me. I look and feel 10 years younger than I actually am. That's a nice thought. Now open your eyes and ask the person next to you if that worked. Listen, you're like, that's kind of mean for Easter. Well, uh, just, ugh. I don't know. I, listen, it didn't work. Nice thoughts don't help us. It's not about nice thoughts. If Jesus stayed dead, Christianity would be a religion based on lies. The apostles say we would be false witnesses. We would be liars. Why would you be a part of a moral faith that is based on lies. It makes no sense. And if Jesus stayed dead, we would still be judged as guilty for our sins. I know the sin that I've committed. I know the mistakes I've made. I know the rebellion that I've done against God himself and against people that I even love. I don't have a backup plan for dealing with my sins apart from Jesus taking them from me and bearing them on the cross in my place. But I wouldn't have that hope if Jesus stayed dead. And if Jesus stayed dead, we would have no hope of the afterlife, no hope for heaven. It says in verse 18, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they'd, they'd be lost. All of us have loved ones that have, have died too soon, that have gone on before us, and we hold on to a hope that they are in heaven. This, is, this has been the, the central hope and thought of my family these past eight days. It was eight days ago that my wife's sister, at 34 years old, fell down, had a cardiac arrest. They tried to revive her, got a pulse, lost the pulse, and then she was two days in the hospital until she died. And we have been mourning and grieving and crying, but also clinging to the hope of the gospel. I'm so thankful that the last written thing that we have from her in her journal from the middle of March was that she wrote out the songs to a hymn, In Christ Alone. And so we know that she is safe and secure in the hands of God. We, we need this hope, but if Jesus stayed dead, we wouldn't have this hope. We, above all, should be the most pitied if this is all made up. So it makes sense why Mary was crying. And if you don't feel like smiling today at the photo booth, your problems, your troubles probably make sense too, right? That's just not how we're feeling. But listen, Christianity is not whether or not you like the teachings of Jesus or not. Oh, I like these teachings. These will be good to guide me. That's not, that's not what it's about. That's not how you decide if, if this is true or not. It's all about if Jesus actually rose from the dead, then he is king, he is God, and he gets to say whatever he wants to say for our own benefit. And it would be wise for us to follow him, a king who loves us this much. So Jesus stayed dead, everything changes. But if, if Jesus is alive, like I believe, 
Boy, that matters. Look at John chapter 20. The story continues with Mary in verse 14. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And so Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And everything changed. She went from from sadness to great joy, from despair and hopelessness to thinking nothing is impossible with God and having full hope again. And many of you have had the same experience when you put your trust in Jesus and believed that he died for you, that he rose again. Your life changed And I want us to watch a few stories of people that are probably sitting right next to you whose lives changed completely when they met Jesus like Mary did long ago. Let's watch these videos. Before surrendering my life to Christ, I was a slave to fear and anxiety. I was bound by anything you could think possible. I just remember thinking, man, like this this can't be all there is to life. I ended up moving into a Christian commune, and it was like an Acts 2 church. I mean, it was all in for Jesus. We'd go street witnessing Hollywood Boulevard and and college campuses and the beaches and stuff like that. And then after about two and a half years, I left and started delving into drugs again and alcohol. I thought that I would forever just live in this darkness, in this cycle of addiction. I didn't think that I was worthy of his love or his forgiveness. And I had pretty much given up. I figured that God didn't want to have anything else to do with me. I just didn't know where to go and how to do life anymore. So I was like, man, am I just going to end up in this situation over and over again? Because I had just been trying and trying to do life my way. I was tired of cheating and lying. So I went in to rehab and I finally was able to have moments of clarity. And when I was there, I had realized that God had been there with me through everything. He had a plan for me that was bigger than I even even knew. I ended up at Bible college, not a Christian, uh, just a way to get out of the situation that I was in before. And something clicked in between this class of, wait, if Jesus is actually real and he died on the cross and all of us are guilty, then I knew for myself and I got really scared. And I was like, then I'm for sure going to hell. I've had all this bad life experience. I've done everything the wrong way. And I just knew that I couldn't repay God. But because of what Jesus did when he came to this earth, lived the perfect life, die for our sins, but didn't stay in the grave. He rose again. Now I know that I can be a conqueror of that sin because he's given me a spirit. He's given me forgiveness. And so I, I broke down. And from that point, I knew for sure that I wanted to follow Jesus. He showed me that night that he paid the price for my sin when he died on the cross. And when he rose again, I became a new creature, a new person. And I rededicated my life to God. That was my solution. The Lord never took his hand off of me, and he never gave up on me. I remember finding out I was pregnant and praying to God that I would never look back to the way that I was living. 
that I would never put myself through that again and that I just wanted to be the best mom I could be for my babies. And without his strength and without his guidance, that would have never been possible. God had brought me through all those situations, brought me to California from Delaware, brought me to a Bible college when I wasn't a Christian, just to draw me close to himself. I praise God every day for giving me a family and for lifting up that obsession to mask my feelings and my trauma and my pain with a substance and for showing me that I'm worthy of his love and I'm worthy of forgiveness and I'm worthy of this life. I get so much satisfaction being able to help people that went through the same things that I went through. For me, I've just really thought about how God can use my story for his glory at any point. I just have to be faithful to talk about him. Sometimes we think that we're just too far gone, that there's no more hope for us. But no matter how much of despair we think that we're in, there's always hope. And all we gotta do is just cry out, God, I can't, I don't know what to do. I need a solution. I need a solution. Just look to the Lord and he will provide that solution for you. He'll provide that, that second chance that you don't think that you deserve. God can use all of your pain, all of your suffering, all of your hardship for his glory. Hmm. Uh, amazing stories, right? I mean, these are just three of the hundreds of stories that are around you right now that prove that when you meet Jesus and when you surrender your life to him, everything changes everything. If the story of Jesus and God's love for us is true, then we receive two gigantic blessings in this life. And the first is this. We are given salvation from our sins. Salvation. We, we accrue this debt in life. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but also that the wages, like the income of sin, is death. We are rebelling against God, and there's a price to pay for that, and yet we are treated as righteous in spite of our sins because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of the resurrection. Listen to this verse that ties our justification, how we are right with God, to the resurrection of Jesus. Romans chapter 4 says, for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead... He was delivered over to death for our sins, and listen, was raised to life for our justification. Right? The fact that Jesus has been raised to life is connected to how we are now right with God if we find ourselves in Christ. If we repent of our sins and say, Jesus, you alone are my salvation. You're the only one that can rescue me. I can't do enough good to overcome all the bad I've done. Right, I, I am a sinner, that's who I am by nature, it's what I do, only Jesus saving me can make a difference. And so one day, I don't have to face the future judgment. God will look at me despite my sin because I am hidden in Christ. He will say, you are perfect, you are righteous, you and I are good, and I'll feel a little guilty at that moment saying, maybe he forgot, maybe he doesn't know. No, he knows very well, but he knows that I'm responding to the great love of God by saying, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe in your rescue plan. And then he places me in that rescue plan and he saves me. We are forgiven by God. To live a life knowing that we have been forgiven is amazing. 
we are saved not into isolation, but we are adopted into the spiritual family of God. So we have continued support as we grow in our faith. No matter what's happened in the past, we are made a new creation in Christ. There's newness ahead of us, and we have the hope of heaven. We are given salvation from our sins. What an amazing hope for our future. But the second blessing is this. We are given strength for our struggles. All of us walked in here today with difficulties and struggles, whether it be sin or despair and and discouragement, and God will give us strength, but not just like an extra shot of caffeine. Before the service, I asked the coffee cart, can I just have one little shot of of, uh, espresso, just one little bit of espresso, because I needed a bit of a boost. It's the third service, I needed a little bit, but that's gonna fade. A monster energy drink will get you a little bit, and then it's it's gonna fade. The help that we get from God is real, lasting, power. And again, it's connected to Jesus being raised from the dead. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 says this, his incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. So you think about the struggles we walk in here with, maybe it's broken relationships. And even though we love other people, we love family and friends, just, there's no peace We constantly hurt each other, whether it's you hurting someone else and they don't want to forgive you or them hurting you. We've got these broken relationships that break our heart. What if the power of the resurrection was applied to that relationship? All I'm saying is there is hope. If this same power could raise Jesus from the dead, we should never give up on a broken relationship. If we walked in here today with an addiction where we just keep going back to the same destructive habits, the same sinful habits, what if the power of the resurrection, the same power that raised him from the dead was applied to that addiction? There's hope. Sometimes that strength comes in the form of endurance and grace and patience to, to last through the difficulty that will continue, and sometimes it comes with absolute victory. God is with us and will give us strength for our struggles. My, my wife, Shannon, was very sweet and signed up to be a chaperone for Pathfinder Ranch. It was a, a fifth grade field trip that Abigail, our daughter, was going on. And so she had Abigail there, but she was also in a room sleeping with dozens of other fifth grade girls and all that comes along with fifth grade girls. And so she's there just being a saint. She said every, every night they'd be like, Abby's mom, Abby's mom, are you awake? She goes, no, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can I go to the bathroom? It's two in the morning. And Shannon would be like, do you ask your parents at two in the morning if you have to go to the bathroom? And she, she was very sweet. And, oh yeah, of course, go ahead. So I knew she was exhausted. She was there serving exhausted. I was just home babysitting the two boys. She calls it uh, parenting. She doesn't like what I call it babysitting, but she doesn't pay me, so I'll call it whatever I want. Listen, so I was like, I have a lot more strength right now, so what can I do to help her with this struggle? And the light bulb went off. For the first time in our 15 years of marriage, like, I'm gonna do the laundry. And so I Googled it, and then I went to, I went to our bedroom, each of the kids' hampers, and you, you can't fit it all in the laundry machine at once, apparently. And so I did all these loads of, I washed it and dried it. I put cleaning detergent in it. That helped. And, 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 but then time was running out, and all of a sudden, Shannon gets home, and I had washed and dried a mountain of laundry, and she came home, and we said, ta-da, we love you. She goes, oh, I have anxiety. What is that? Like, no, 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 it's washed and dried. It's, she goes, yeah, but you didn't fold it or put it away. I said, yeah, 
But I, you know, I didn't do the easy part because the robot did that, huh? I only was able to help her halfway. Was it a help, sweetie? I don't know. No, thumbs down? Okay. Thumbs down. Even with good intentions, I failed to help her. Listen, why do I tell you that story? I'm the bad guy in this story. But, but Jesus, when he helps you, does not do that. Jesus helps you for real and for lasting. The Bible describes Jesus as the author of our faith, but also the finisher of our faith. We are told that he will complete what he started. He's going to finish the work he started in us. Jesus isn't just going to help you now. He's going to help you tomorrow. He doesn't get tired or annoyed. He continues to give mercy because that's who he is. And he will give us the patience, peace, and victory that we need. So no matter what you walked in with today, what struggles you carried in here today, Jesus wants to help you now and in the future. And at Cornerstone, our desire is to help you deepen your faith. If you experienced any encouragement or hope today as we sang worship songs and you looked at those lyrics and realized how God is real, if you experienced any of that today, you need to know that that if you start coming back week after week, that your life will be transformed as you grow deeper in your faith for Jesus Christ. And we're happy to help with that. Listen, if Jesus can rise from the dead, he can help you with your specific problem that you're thinking about right now. And so in the beginning, I said that for the Christ follower, we can still have joy and peace no matter our circumstances. Why? Because Jesus is alive and he promises to never leave us or forsake us. And so we are told that we will receive a peace that surpasses understanding. It doesn't even make sense. We're in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a difficulty, and yet we just know things are gonna be okay because God is with us and he will continue to be with us. But that peace comes with a price. We must repent of our sins, which means we just need to own up that what we're doing is wrong. We are rebelling against God, that he is holy and perfect and and we are not. We just need to own that and repent of those things and say, whatever temporary joy I find in living apart from God, I need to be over that and follow after God. Not be perfect, but I'm going to point myself towards God and say, his plan, his guidance is what I'm going to follow. We repent of our sins and we believe in Jesus that he is the son of God who lived a perfect life and died in our place. We are so loved by God that we don't even have to fear death because the Lord knew we were helpless. He knew we were hopeless without him and he had a rescue plan before he even created the world. The Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world and we have to just believe that Jesus is who he says he is died on the cross and rose again three days later and meeting Jesus like that, surrendering our life to Jesus, declaring him as king and he is the only reason why we're gonna be right with God, it changes everything. It's as dramatic as Mary going from weeping to rejoicing and it's an opportunity that I wanna give you right now. I mean, it's too transformative to say, oh yeah, go go and think, you might wanna believe in Jesus right now because of how good he is. Maybe he's speaking to your heart. Many in this room have, have made that decision in the previous two services. Dozens of people have said, I want to follow Jesus because the way I'm living isn't working. And if that's where you're at, where you realize you need to surrender your life to Jesus, I wanna give you a chance to do that. And so if everyone would just close their eyes out of respect and privacy for those around you, if you want to follow Jesus and put your trust in him for your salvation today, just raise your hand like many have done today already so I can lead you in a simple prayer. Raise your hand if you want to put your trust in Jesus. Awesome. I see hands going up. Great. In the balcony. It's not an emotional decision. It's not something you can forget about tomorrow. It costs us everything to follow Jesus. But what we gain in return 
is so much better. One last chance, if you wanna put your hand, awesome. Great, I see hands popping up all over. If your heart wants to humble yourself and follow Jesus today, you could say a prayer like this. You can repeat after me out loud or in the quietness of your heart. You could say, Father in heaven, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I need your salvation. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins and that he was raised again three days later. Make me a new creation. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and give me the strength to follow after you all the days of my life. Change everything, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision, which many of you did, we want to welcome you to the family of God. But it's a big deal, though. It's a big deal. And so we want to help you. And so you probably see it on the screen. Text the word journey to the number we've been talking about. And, or you just give us a call, whatever you gotta do, but text the word journey. We wanna get you some resources. We'll send you videos on how to study the Bible. And baptism is next week where you can publicly declare that you put your faith in Jesus. And if you do that, you can sign up for baptism as well. Well, happy Easter and God bless you. And I hope they have a great time. Have some fun out on the patio.